Evans. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good evening and welcome to episode 322 of the HHH Racing Podcast with our new name to our flagship show called Picks and Ponies. Welcome to the first episode of Picks and Ponies, but really it's episode 322 of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your proud host, Howard Kravitz. Happy New Year, everyone. It is 2024. It's our first show of the year. Thank you very much for joining us as we are here to cover the Jerome Stakes, which is a Kentucky Derby prep Saturday at Aqueduct and also the late pick five. Please make sure you smash that subscribe button on the bottom right hand side of the screen. Hit the notification bell so you know when new content will rise and press that like button, that thumbs up button. We'd really appreciate it. That will send the YouTube algorithm to our channel and send anyone who loves horse racing right here to the HHH Racing Podcast. Of course, you can follow me on X right there at H Kravitz. Let's get to 2,000 uh, followers on X. We're like at 1,900 plus. If you have friends that are interested in horse racing at all or, you know, would like to follow us, please make sure you tell them to follow us here at H Kravitz. We can hit that 2K mark on X. Of course, you can also email me, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. And scrolling at the bottom of the screen, we also have our shows coming up. We'll talk about horsing around right there, which is our brand new show coming up on Mondays. But you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Our tip sheet, almost $2 ROI for 2023. Overall, close to $2.25 as we're on year four. Please look below the video player if you're interested in our Power Picks tip sheet. It's an excellent way to win some money at a very good value. Go to our website, hhracingpodcast.com, and follow us on Instagram, instagram.com backslash hhhracingpodcast. Now, brand new show. It's going to be on Monday nights. You can read below. Uh, it's always going to be at 8 p.m. Eastern. Actually, all of our shows for now on, to make it simple, are going to be 8 p.m. Eastern, except for our very first show of Horsing Around, because of the NCAA football game championship uh, this Monday. We're going to start at 7 uh, p.m. Eastern. Uh, again, the show is a little bit shorter. It's only about 35, 40 minutes approximately. And it's a recap show. That's part of it. Well, we're going to talk about stake race from the past weekend. In this case, will be the Jerome. But we're also going to talk about interesting horse racing topics of the day with a lot of questions from you guys and we're also gonna have a special guest each monday it could either be a, a someone more famous in the horse racing world or it'll be just a fan so we'd love to uh hear from you we're gonna have fans of the show live on the podcast helping us answering your questions i think it's important to incorporate our fans so you're going to see people who uh, you see in the chat you see their names we don't see their faces well, now you're going to see some of their faces. So we'll be bringing on fans as well on Monday nights. And the big part is we need you to be very active in the live chat on Monday nights with questions you have about horse racing or anything 
in general. And this Monday, we're going to have Jim Pilars, who is one of the very first viewers and listeners of this show. He's a a friend of mine, a friend of the show, uh, really great guy with some interesting horse racing insights. Uh, He's not in the business. He's just a fan of the show. So uh, I thought I want to pay homage to our fans, and we'll have Jim Pilars on this Monday night along with Paul Howery. Now, we're also going to have one co-host. So it'll be myself, one co-host, either Pete and Paul or one of the Bet and Boozin uh, guys, and also a fan of the show and or a special guest. So there'll be three of us on screen for our Monday shows. Again, please spread the word because if we don't have a lot of viewers for our Monday uh, shows, which again is called Horsing Around, then we really don't need to have it continue. So we really need your support on Monday nights. So now we have shows Monday nights, Wednesday nights, and Thursday nights, all 8 o'clock Eastern, except for only this Monday, the first show for Horsing Around, which will be at 7 p.m. to accommodate the college football championship game. Okay, that takes care of all the particulars and administrative items. Let's bring on my fantastic co-host. First, from the East Coast, of Maryland, Mr. Pete Visco, and the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, and the Saratoga Special, and Eclipse voter as well, Paul Halloran. Guys, Happy New Year. Hope you had a wonderful New Year's Eve. Welcome to 2024. Happy New Year. Hey, Pete, very important question. With the new show, do we, is he gonna, we're going to lose our seniority, aren't we? We're gonna, our pay scale, we're going back to like we're starting today, aren't we? You know, I, that's probably right. It's starting to spread a little thinner now. You know, yep. we, we might yep. have to strike. We might have to go. It, yeah. and do he's a, he's a shop on that, Mr. Kravitz. Yeah. Here's my, well, it's interesting you bring that up, ticket. Paul, because I've, I've, I've got some, uh, I got some news for you that might, uh, you might be interested in that I've not told anyone yet. I'm going to make it official right now. You might be wondering why am I wearing the Adelphi hat? Of course, Adelphi proud sponsors oh. of us in 2023. Oh. Had a conversation with Matt Cuter. <laughs> Uh, this week, I put a video out a video out for a year review for Adelphi, Adelphi Racing Club, one of our favorite racing clubs around, based out of New York with the wonderful racing manager, Matt Uter, is once again a proud sponsor of the HGTH Racing Podcast in 2024. What does that mean? Well, that means in general many things, but also means more money in the pockets for all of us. Uh, and for the people at home, of course, too, so we can travel around in New York and other places. So thank you very much, Matthew Tare. Paul, do you feel better now? Yeah, it means Pete and I don't have to go to China to work in the Nike shop. Like we were going <laughs> to. Yeah, I was working on my soldering for iPhones. I've, I've been working on my... <laughs> well, no need to, Paul, uh, Pete, anymore. By the way, Pete, save that money for, for Jackson's college fund. We, we don't yeah, I, trust me, I got enough expenses. I need all the money I can get with that one. I'm sure you do. Guys, I uh, hope you wonderful, you know, had a great, uh, you know, vacation for me. I'm off a few more days and then back to work. I know you guys have been working hard as usual. Um, a lot of exciting races. A lot of our coasts have been dancing about the country in Florida and all over the in Mexico and all over the place. While us old guys have been working hard, although I will say Gulfstream was very special last week. And again, a special thanks to Brian Nadow, the Clement uh, team. Matt Bernier, I was taking care of like Kings out there. Uh, Paul met Dave, communications uh, manager out there at Gulfstream. It really is a special place, despite the fact the weather was sort of crappy for a few days for South Florida. It was mid-60s and a bit cloudy. I know, rough going. 
you know, nobody's but, you know, crying for do? you. Nobody's crying for you here. No. With, you guys have some weather coming up in the East Coast, don't you? Yes, we do. Sunday, Sunday. All right, first northeaster, uh, first nor'easter of the year. Looks. Yeah, like. we might be okay. Closer to the coast, the better. Okay. And I'm pretty close to the coast. So. <laughs> All right. Well, no one wants to hear us drab on about weather. Let's hear from right. some uh, comments, guys, and then we'll get right into the horse racing. Stephen Vanderbrook is here. Good evening, gentlemen. Happy New Year! And of course, smash that like button. Ralph Conti. Ralph Conti's here. How are we doing? Ralph, Katie is here. Look who's here. I met the one and only Horsey Dave, guys, at Gulfstream Park. Fantastic guy. Hi, Howard. Great to meet you in Florida. Get to know you better. Thanks for all you do. Appreciate it. Horsey Dave is from Canada. We love our – we got a lot of Canadian viewers. We love our uh, viewers from Canada. Horsey Dave was a pleasure, man. Thank you very much. Uh, we got Terry Frank is here. Happy New Year. Jeff Amster is here. Happy New Year to all the HHH uh, land. I do know who Leonard Jerome is now after I screwed up uh, on X, the uh, the stake race uh, name this week. Uh, Jim Plars, there he is. He's going to be joining us next week. Very excited for the new show. Sounds like a terrific concept. No pressure, Jim, but if you do poorly, we might just scrap the show after day after day one. But uh, no, just kidding, Jim, we won't. So appreciate it, Jim. We got Paul Conlin is here. Uh, we got a lot of people here. Oh, we got some who's this? Pepe Alonzo, nice to meet you and Charlie at Gulfstream Park. Yes, Pepe, that was you. And Pepe, I apologize because I didn't really, it was hard for me to hear what was going on. You were close to Charlie. But guys, Pepe actually noticed Charlie first and gave Charlie props like, I love your show. And Charlie was like, do you even know what to do? He's like, someone recognized me? And like, you even know what to do. It was great. <laughs> Pepe, nice to meet you, man. Hope you had a good day there at uh, Gulfstream. We have Mike uh, Carmoli here. Heading down to Gulfstream a couple of weeks. Any restaurant? Ooh, I do have oh, yeah, a restaurant. A, yeah, I have one too. I put in the chat. Go ahead, Paul. What do, what do you got? Okay, <laughs> Eddie V's. Eddie V's in Lauderdale on Las Olas Boulevard. Phenomenal place. Okay. Um, I have an Italian restaurant, and the name is escaping me. That's really bothering me. But I actually went there. It's actually right off of. Uh, uh, it's right off the of the main right off of Hallandale Road. There. Um, I'll see if I can remember it, but. Good, good Italian restaurants down there. Really, you can't go wrong. There are a lot of good places down there, Mike. So enjoy your time. And speaking of going down to Gulfstream, guys, last thing, uh, Patrick Kunzel will be going down to Gulfstream <coughs> next weekend uh, with nice. his girlfriend and, and uh, meeting up some people. So, uh, Patrick, enjoy yourself down there at Gulfstream next week. So, guys, uh, we also had some birthdays over the break, you know, over the break, Pete. Happy birthday once again. We had uh, we, we got another birthday coming up tomorrow, by the way, uh, in, in our group. So I'll, I'll send that out to our text chat. And uh, anyway, a lot of exciting stuff going on. Let's get into the pick five, guys. Uh, before we do that, we're going to talk about the Jerome. <laughs> the Jerome handicap. So let's do that. Let me bring up the picks right now here. Let me go bring up the banner. It's race Three, there it is. And you know what, guys? We start off 2024. Great minds think alike, right? There you go. We're starting off with the same picks. We're all going one, four, five. Sorry about my screen. There, it's going to go back. There we go. We're all going one, four, five. It's a small field, Paul. And look, I don't. I'm going to stay positive in 2024. It's one of my one of my New Year's resolutions. So always stay positive. And it's a small field. 
but it's a mighty field. So let's go ahead and bring up the uh, Pete's like, no, nah, it's a, it's a crappy field. Positive and delusional. I didn't know they were. I didn't know they were synonyms. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you, you gotta do. You can do what you gotta do, right? Here you go. There we go. Uh, it's a field of five. Moreland favorite number one. Drum roll, please. The rail horse at even money. Cox and Castellano. We're all going drum roll, please. Guys, we're going to go through this race very quickly. Paul, I'm going to let you go first. Again, we're all going one, four, five. What does he like about drum roll, please, Paul? Oh, it's fairly obvious, isn't it? Donok is is a top horse, won the Remsen, and the horse that's going to win the Kentucky Derby ran second. So this guy ran third between behind those two. Why complicate things? Yeah. I mean, he's going to save ground. I think there is some speed on the outside. Uh, he's been, you know, working forwardly or steadily, I should say. Nothing really special here. We've got the four and second, Pete, and that's El Grande O for Linda and Carmouche. This is a New York bred who you figure will have the lead. I guess two obvious questions, class and distance. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you figure it's not a bad thing. I mean, the horse is nine to five, so we're not breaking any ground. But it's not a bad thing in a short field to just jump on the lead and, See what happens. Take the race as far as you can. Yeah, I, I don't know if the horse class is up. I guess even today, I mean, it's not like, you know, it, it's it's not like drumroll, please, is, is the new coming of Secretariat. So, but I do think this horse can take them the route if if all goes well in the race. So, you know, speed speed kills sometimes. Why not? Sure. Are you a little, a little growly there, Pete? Are you under the weather? Everyone, everyone is sick. It's crazy. No, it's like yeah. It's it was. We've had the you know we've had the the weird weather of some days nice, some days not, and then you get yeah. stuck outside a little too long, and 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 it just gets to the throat a little bit. All right. Well, I hope you feel better. And then we got Regalo. You know, I was tempted to put him higher, and then I'm like, you know what? He's gotten perfect trips. In, at Laurel, and this is just a much tougher field. So we're going to find out a good regalo is, Paul, for sure, uh, on Saturday. I got to tell you, uh, uh, Brittany Russell has got some well-meant-looking horses on Saturday, and she, of course, we yeah. mentioned last week, she did accomplish it. Congrats to her, the first woman in the calendar year. She was the leading trainer in Maryland. So uh, Brittany is is a, is a great trainer, great person, so congrats to her. And, yeah, she's uh, – it looks like she's shipping with a purpose this Saturday. So there's another horse she has later on that I almost picked on top. I think I picked second in, in the sequence we'll get to. But, um, yeah, but, I, I, again, I, I think uh, uh, I do agree with you guys on the four. Uh, I think I was clearly second on the four uh, because the four has run well at least once outside the New York bred company. Uh so, uh, yeah, but I, you know, any horse that can be within a shadow of Sierra Leone is clearly going to be the, the horse <laughs> to beat here. Pete, for people who are going to play the early pick five on Saturday, would this be a stone cold single for you, or would you uh, back up uh, defensively for horizontal players out there? I mean, it's tough. I, I, I assume single isn't, isn't a bad move here. I didn't look at the rest of the sequence to know what else is going on, but yeah. I think if you want to, this is a solid single it doesn't make much sense if you like the four to really play the one and the four but it again it depends on how much you have in the in the rest of the sequence it's hard to know but yeah i mean in a five horse field class the class of the field why not paul again this is why i personally 
would pl like to play a b that's why i play a b c to me it's a stone cold a and if i were to use c's it'd be four or five c and just move on i mean i just yeah. so I, I i don't know if you agree with that or not paul i do i do i i think both and i haven't looked at the the opening sequence as closely as the last yeah. sequence but i think uh it looks on paper based on field size and odds that you know it, this is the week you're going to have to press up a few times to to uh reap the benefits of your outstanding opinions. <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree with you, Paul. And you, you, by the way, Paul is an eclipse voter. I, I mentioned that Paul, we're not going to show your voting. Now we're going to do that on an upcoming show right before yeah, the, um, uh, right before the eclipse awards, but just out of fairness to everyone, I want you to tell everyone at least your horse of the year, who you voted for one, two, three for horse of the year on your official eclipse ballot. I voted for Cody's Wish first, White Abario second, and Idiomatic third. I've seen some like Idiomatic love out there in on Axe and other places. I, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I first you know, don't again, really get it. I don't. I don't understand how people can have Idiomatic and, and uh, uh, ahead of Pete, one of your favorites, up to the mark. I mean, to me, up to the mark is like a clear second in this category. Again, that's why I'm not a voter, Paul, because maybe I don't know. What well, I'm no, uh, no, I've seen ballots how people have them first. People have them first, and and you know that's a that's a valid point. Um, I wouldn't have them first, but I do I I do see uh, yes I do see the value because you know I mean he he ran great all year, um, came back and you know he lost to an Aiden O'Brien monster <laughs> in the Breeders' Cup and and ran well. Um, yeah, I, I think the thing with Idiomatic is if you're gonna bet bet blah, 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 vote for a female in any category that includes males, she will have have to run in, run against and beaten them. And idiomatic as great as her year was, did not run out of the female ranks once. She did have a very, you know, uh, was it eight for nine, I believe. She, she had a very, very good year and beat everything in front of her. But I think for a female, you gotta, you got to beat the boys. Yeah. Well, Pepper's pride beat everyone in front of him. The New Mexico bred for two years, but I don't think we're going to name him Horse of the Year. So I think someone did vote for him. I, I, a, I think someone did vote for him. By the way, my point is my point is, is hopefully taken anyway. All right, guys, let's go to the beginning of the late pick five. Late pick five, you see right now on the bottom of the screen is our picks for race five. I'm going to go ahead and bring up uh, the entries for race five, and let me just do this real quick. Guys, this is not like the strongest late pick five we've ever covered, obviously. But I did want to give the Ben Boozing guys an opportunity to cover Gulfstream. They had three stakes. So if you're looking for like a really, really good stakes laden quality card, of course, the weather uh, it looks a little shaky, Sarah, which is a real bummer. But they could run the wonderful Tapita that Paul loves so much. Go to episode 55 of Benton Boozing. They just had a show last night with a really good late pick five sequence with huge fields and a lot of stake races. This this pick five, and I talked about it as I just wrote the uh, tip sheet today, uh, is not the deepest, but you know what? There's a lot of horses. There, there's a lot of races you really can't single, and then you have to sort of spread, and there's a lot of tricky races here. So although it's not the highest quality of late pick fives we've covered. I think it's still really interesting anyway. So it starts with a maiden 40, six furlongs. Of course, all these are dirt races. This is a field of seven New York breads with, you can see it's pretty wide open on the morning line. Morning line favorite 
is the number six retail man for Jimmy Ryerson, who's also got the seven. I'm sorry to compute it. He's got Franco on the six. Pete, let's go to you first. You're going with the rail horse, uh, Braca for uh, Gilgio and Davis. Yeah, I thought this was a. I thought this was a tough field. I, I agree with you. I didn't. I, I didn't really have a single throughout this. I thought all the races were were sort of even, especially at the top. I, I just like this one for. I, I like the improvement from the initial start in the, in the in the debut. Just really broke poorly. Was way too far back. Did run on late, but I mean lost by fifteen. But this was one where sort of the leaders just got away. But I liked that there was no give up in this horse, and then came back in the second race and just ran a lot better. Was closer to the pace, which I think from the rail could maybe do that again. Picked up Dylan Davis, it got the lead, so ran sort of a winning race, and then got caught going six and a half. Now we're cutting back to the six. I just and has the I think the best dirt buyer in the field. So just based on a little bit of potential improvement from race one to two to three, and at a little bit of a price, and I don't think the favorites are super strong. You know, I, I kind of like this one. Got a little Artie Schiller on the damn side. Maybe this horse will get to the turf once the weather uh, yeah turns. Are you familiar with this trainer, Paul? I have I have to apologize. The connections. I do not know this trainer. I am not. Gina Giglio, I am not, Howard. She only okay. looks like she's only started 13. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing she's first year. I will take a look at that uh, right now. Okay. But I am not familiar with her. Sounds right. Italian, so it must be awesome. Well, that uh, we know that. Fazio, that's Fazio you stables, I mean, yeah, that's a given. Yeah. What is, Bra- is Brock an Italian word, uh, Pete? Do you know? You know, I don't know, actually. I should have looked right, that up. in the right? chat. Come on. We got Ralph Conti. Where are you? What is, Bra- <laughs> is Gina, Brock um, an Italian? We'll Gina has out. started 73 horses in her career. Okay. Uh, kind of odd. Uh, dates back to 2013, actually. But really, uh, she's all okay. she not every year. So yes, all right. She's a horsey. Dave said the weather's gonna be iffy in New York, but it won't come until later in the day or Sunday. Paul, is that your understanding for this card? Yeah, I know. You know, they use it, it, they get it before us. We're going to get hit starting Saturday night. So I assume right. it's going to hit New York sometime right. Saturday afternoon. Okay. And by the way, another new, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, we love our new people in the chat. Again, we'd love to expand our coverage, of course, in 2024. Bob, Bob, thanks for joining the show. Said White Barrio beat nothing in the class. Like, I don't know about nothing, but I think your point is well taken. Yes, uh, off the board. Pretty mild. In the yeah. I mean, isn't that the big, again, this is all a conversation, Paul, but since I'm bringing it up, I mean, to me, the Met was probably the best run dirt race of the year in terms of Correct. the effort, and he beats White Barrio. So anyone wants to put White Barrio over Cody's wish, frankly, I just, I wouldn't understand that, but I respect it. I well, I mean, they, you know, they'll use the Whitney argument, which is fair, but, you know, so at, at best now you have a push right. and you move on yes. to other stats such as one more grade one win. And one more race, et cetera, et cetera. There you go, Mike Carmoli. Thanks, Mike. Trousers or pants? Okay, there you go. Thank you. Wow. Uh, let's go to the four. Rob the bank. <clears throat> yes. Rob the bank. Paul, you and I love to rob the bank. Uh, why not? Yeah. Um, talk about a full maker, a full makeover for this horse. Wow. I mean, the goods. Lasix first time, first time <laughs> gelding, uh, which was reported about a month ago. It doesn't mean that gelding happened a month ago, by the way, but that's when it's right. reported. Blinker is on. 
But there is one huge factor for me as to why I like this horse. Paul, I want to hear from you first. Seven to two for Bruce Brown and Carmouche. Well, I like him because I do, you know, I probably pay more attention to the Jockey Olympics than I should, but I do think it's noteworthy that uh, Caramouche, uh, who has ridden the six in all three of his career starts, including a pretty good second and a decent fourth, lands on this horse whom he's never ridden. And, uh, you know, he certainly rides for uh, Ryerson as much as he rides for Bruce Brown. So I, I thought that was noteworthy. Uh, and to your point, uh, my friend Jim Mazer would call them karma moves. And he, he's got three looking right at you, gelding, Lasix, and blinkers on. And to me, the drop down, just for me. I'll, and I'll, the biggest I'll, drop. Yeah. yeah, biggest drop in horse racing, even in state breads. I will take a main special weight that looks bad over any horse that's been running in that condition, even more than you know, even if it's just once, almost every single time, unless I just think the four can't run at all. And I don't know what happened last time. Uh, the four did come back. Actually, he's been really running very quickly back. I mean, he's been running like uh, three weeks and two weeks and like two weeks. Feels like a harness horse, but now he's <laughs> off for quite a while, which I personally like. Obviously, something happened. I, I don't know. This I'm assuming the horse is going to fire. It's a bit of a guess. We'll see. Uh, had, that, had that nice work right off the, you know, sometime yeah. after the gelding. That the one Weird, on though, the right? Eight. Like best of seventy seven, and then his works like and then work, you and me then, would then run. Slowed so. it down. Yeah. Those Real are just funny works, though. I guess I, I don't know. These Bruce no Brown, players. by the way, over, over, not that it means much, over 35 first time blinkers, uh, Bruce Brown for you. <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what that means. There was a bunch of seconds in there, though. So the horses do improve. There's some seconds. So, I mean, it's, a, it's obviously a concern for Paul and I to top pick, but I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens, but could be over 36 or it could be one for. 36. Yeah. We'll see you guys. Uh, let's go on to the next race. Race six. There's our picks on the bottom of the screens. Pete and I are the same this time for race six, which is let me bring it on the screen right here. Here we go. Main special weight. This is also for New York Reds. They're going six and a half for a long so field of six, seven. Again, like I said, these fields are not big. But they are, um, you know, competitive. The favorite is the number one, Friday, I'm in Love. Great song, by the way. The Cure, if you know that song. Engelhart, Lascano, uh, Pete and I are going with the five. Flips, Dream, 9-2, Bruce Levine, and Carmouche. Pete, what do you like about Flips, Dream, my choice also in this race? Yeah, I thought this was the toughest race. This is where when I when I go through, I flag the most, you know, top contenders, sort of A-level horses for me. And, and none of them were outstanding. But this one, I'm just giving, I'm doing, I'm going with the, with the idea that the first race sometimes isn't the best and you can improve so much greatly on the, on second time out, especially this one. He was pinched at the start. He dropped back to last, never really got into it. You know, he sort of ran on a little bit late, but he was also five to two. So got took money so that, you know, that's something took money on on debut. And then just, you know, you, if you're out of the gate in debut. If you break badly, you're almost just screwed. So what are you going to do from there? So the let's hope take is a look that, at that. Pete. Let, let's yeah, take yeah. A look. I'm going to show the head on. Pete. Yeah, the head on is better. Yeah, you, get, the, you get the better view. Seven, I yeah, he's the seven, everyone. So I'm going to full screen. I'm just talking about I'm, we're just going to show a little bit. Watch the seven feet and you can talk about. 
what happens. Let me go full screen here. Yeah, if, right, here, if here anyone comes. if anyone's watching, it's, it's, it's very obvious. Quick. Yep, you see right there the six and the eight just sort of collide and they and they pinch the seven back and drops to dead last right out of the gate and then doesn't really make up any ground, much ground after that, but again doesn't yeah. doesn't quit. But then, you know, sort of ran on a bit. I like there's some works since that, or there's been two works since that. The one, two back, 48, four furlongs and 48, third out of 207. So it was a big day. And, and you know, you don't see that many on a, on a day that often. A lot so, of works. And yeah, it's a lot of works. And hopefully the horse just, again, when you get a pinch like that, when you get the bad break and when it's your debut, sometimes you're just, you're just stuck. And Carmouche probably just said, you know what, we'll live to fight another day. What the hell? Let's do it. I did have a, a cool stat. Um, Bruce Levine, 31% wins, 54% in the money in dirt sprints at Aqueduct in the past couple months. So this has sort of wow. been his game lately. Yeah. Although he is two for 46 with second time starters at Aqueduct. So you can pick which one you like better or don't like. But in a wide open field, I'm going to take a shot with a horse that took money in debut. And maybe we get a little price with this time. Pete, that 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 two for forty six was last five years, right? Yeah, yeah, it was last so five years. For me, just to let people, I'll give my quick opinion out there. Is I'm much, I, I I'm much more interested in what's happened in the last six months or recently around the last five years because I don't know, maybe maybe the, you know, obviously his barn's going really well, so yeah. maybe he's doing something different. Um, but you look, both stats are they're yin yang, right? You can go I just like to give them out so people know them in case they don't no. have access to it. But I, I, yeah, I don't. I would never rely on any to say definitively one way or the other. That's the pick. It's just the I guess we always say it's a data point. Guys, this is one of my favorite angles in horse racing. Is the second time starter that was well meant first out that didn't run well the first time, and you might get a price the second time. And not only that. Pete, as you astutely mentioned, not only did this horse work great after the start, but this horse was working really well before, which is obviously why he was taking many uh, money. And he's out of a a, a, a Disco Rico uh, uh, mare, and Disco Rico is a very, very talented New York red. So, Paul, I'm a little surprised you don't have the five anywhere, but I get it because Flipstream really didn't do a lot of running uh, after he got bumped. But in this field and based on his breeding and his works i just think if he breaks he could be very tough in this spot but paul you're gonna go with the seven here flying in style who also puts blinks on for charlton baker yeah i, I just have a and, and i don't i don't think time form agrees with me i remember looking at the pace projector i think this seven's gone in this race uh, I think he's got a clear advantage uh, speed wise and i think he's gate to wire um I could yep. be wrong. Obviously, I'm wrong with great frequently. There's uh, the pace uh, ball on screen on the pace directors on screen on the right side. There. Yeah, and again, you know, th they do it for a living, and and I do it in a couple of hours a week with you. But I, I think that the seven is is gone as far as getting to the lead in this race. Okay. And I, you know, to the to the point of the five, you know, it's it's never bad having the Bellamy Road at Aqueduct, one of the most dominating wood memorials, albeit in, in the slop, was Bellamy Road at uh, Aqueduct. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was what I based it on. Um, okay. And and you know, the horse has gone to the lead and and not won. I you know I get it. Uh, so how the track is playing is also going to be a factor. But I I also think the 
the blinkers are a little bit of a tell uh, here as far as what the intent is. And I just think uh, Dylan Davis is going to send and see if they can catch him. And I'm hoping they don't. Yeah. And the three was actually, I, <laughs> I thought Messi the magician again, I, who knows Paul, but this horse was from the 13 hole and we really had to be hustled out. So maybe he won't be hustled out as much from the three hole, right, Paul? Because he doesn't need to. You don't, who yeah. knows what the hell's going to happen. But it's something to consider, right, Pete? So you and I have the same top three, Pete, I noticed. And we we both also like a little bit of Friday. I'm in love. You guys know that? You guys know that song, don't you? We're going to have to go to a different race if you're going to keep singing the name. <laughs> They're like, I thought I knew the song. Once Howard was singing it, now I have no idea what it is. The Cure. It's a great song. Anyway. Uh, the one ran well in the same race, Pete, and did beat the five. The problem is I thought the one got an absolute dream trip, uh, yeah. but did run well. No, I agree. That was my, that, that, that was this, that's why I, I had the horse in third uh, again, ran okay, but just sort of ran relatively evenly. Didn't do much yeah. one way or the other, but was improved. I mean, there was improvement after the move to, to Jeremiah Englehart. So at least you see some reason why there was some improvement. I just would have liked a little bit more of something in that race. It was just sort of flat for me. So uh, that's why I couldn't. Yeah, I, I saw, I, I saw Sing in the chat. With yeah, the does Sing have a connection to Messi the Magician or does he know Messi? I don't, I don't know. That, Sing may, Sing quick, being very, uh, uh, hush hush about that. Interesting. Uh, quick stat for you, Pete, on the one uh, Jeremiah, uh, second off, one twenty to one eighty day layoff, twenty percent wins. Nice. What so, um, a really good guy too. He's one of the best guys. <laughs> Easy to root for guy. Again, this is one of those. Uh, you know, I think was it Pete said that you thought this the toughest race, the sequence. There's just a lot of races that have again not giant fields, but a lot of middling prices, and you can get paid. But I also would recommend to people out there if there's a lot of you know, three to one to five to one horses or two to one to five to one. You can't just like use all of them, right? I mean, I, you, you gotta, you gotta take a stand. You gotta pick and choose which ones you want to use. Let's go on to the next race, which is race seven. This is a nice high class field right here. Race seven. There's the banners on the bottom of the screen. We're going three different ways in this race. Yet again, though, uh, Pete, you and I are going at the same three, but in different order. So it's the year of Pete and Howard with, with the same great opinions and that schmuck on the bottom of the screen who knows what the hell he's going to be doing. But anyway, we'll see. There he is. I don't remember how that worked. A couple. When was that? Like two weeks ago where we had basically every every horse. Yeah. I can't remember how that worked for us or not. Um, Maybe. I actually was, was think it was okay. It worked pretty well, didn't yeah. it? I think it was okay, yeah. I think it was okay. Uh, race 7, optional allowance, 62.5 claimers, nice field of 7. Pretty big morning line favorite here. They're going seven furlongs, by the way, is the number seven. High Oak, Mott, and Kay Davis. And Kay Davis, I talked to this, by the way, uh, Pete and Paul, with uh, with Matt Cuter because Katie Davis does ride a decent amount for Adelphi. She had a bit of a breakthrough year. Paul had a great stakes placing and really is coming on. I don't know. You know what kind of year she's gonna have in 2024, but I think she's she's been a nice story that's been a bit overlooked, I think, nationally. But anyway, uh, Paul, you're going with the six in this race, Joey Freshwater, five to one for Linda, who's hoping to have another spectacular year. And boy, a Carmouche again looks like might have a big day if our picks are correct 
on Saturday? What do you like about Joey Freshwater, Paul? Well, I mean, you know, High Oak is a very interesting horse, Howard. The, the, high Oak, they had high hopes. If you, you can see, even on the abbreviated PPs, the Saratoga winning the Saratoga Special, a grade two uh, as a three-year-old, um, and then uh, running decent in the hopeful, and, and then having a bad fall at Gulfstream in the Fountain of Youth. <clears throat> Uh, actually, that was as a three-year-old. Those other two races I mentioned were two-year-olds. And really, the horse did not recover well from that. And Katie was kind of a calming influence on this horse. And Lee Einsleidler, Lee Einsleidler the owner, uh, talked to Bill Maud, his trainer, about putting her on. And she really hit it off with the horse. The horse ran well a few times. You know, all graded stakes company. Uh, I just think this is the type of horse in this race you're supposed to try to beat. Seven to five might be lower than that. And I really don't think the race flow is favorable. Now, she may very well try to have them closer early, but I was looking – and I, lo- I love the horse. I love Katie. I love Lee Einsiedler. I love Bill Mott. I love all of them. <laughs> but I think this is the type of horse you're supposed to try to beat. And – I went and landed on the six, um, uh, Joey Freshwater, a good price. Uh, Caramouche will be aggressive. Uh, you know, school's out on the five, Howard. T- uh, time Farm has the horse going to the clear lead. Um, yeah, let's look at that. I you should know, really do that first. That's sorry, if, I get, if I'm going to get beat by a horse coming from Century Mile and Century and then Asinobia Downs, um, you know, I'm okay with that. I'm going to take my chances, even if that horse does go to the lead. If they, if that horse wants to wire me, I'll consider myself wired. I, I don't want any part of that horse. You don't uh, like Jeff, so I, Jeff Hoffa? No, I'm not. No, and I got and Rob Atras is great. You know, no, no issues. I just, you know, I, 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 I don't see it. Uh, uh, so anyway, uh, I'm looking. For, I am looking for someone forward though, and. I think there's a chance High Oak is left with too much to do, and that was why I tried to beat him uh, at the price he's going to be. You got some layoff stats for us, Pete? I thought you might throw that out there with this horse for Linda. I didn't. You know what? I, okay. I should have. I didn't. I didn't okay. put any up because I didn't I'll love Joey. I, yeah, Joey Freshwater was for me was just a. It was a tough one because I just thought those last two, even though we're you know we're decent company, I just thought those last two were so disappointing. Got the time off, so hopefully came back fresh and has been working pretty well since coming back. Yeah. It was just that scared me off a little bit. Was was those last two were just sort of clunkers. They might be sitting right off the five. I just yeah, I agree with yeah. you. I don't I didn't know what to do with this horse. Um, but I, I understand the pick, Paul, and I think it's very interesting because Joey Freshwater does have some back class for sure. Um, Pete, let's go to your top choice here. You're gonna go with the three set sail. I looked at this horse real carefully and I almost put him on top. I decided not to because I'm not sure he classes up, but you know how much I love turnbacks. I'm personally tossing out the mud effort. The two, the two or three back before that seem very logical to me, and he will be more forward, although not on the lead. So there's a lot of things I personally like about the set sale. I just don't have him on top. You do. Yeah, you you pretty much said everything. So I, I'm in a total agreement with you. I, I I thought for one thing with this horse. So if you look back and ran in June of 22 and then was off for almost a year and then came back and was just running really well. So the the three races in 2023 prior to the last one 
were just, you know, really some steady improvement, which you like to see sort of getting back to the form from 2022. And I just liked the improvement there. And it was that decent company. Then, like you said, had a little bit of a layoff, came back, was in the mud. Two races, if you look back in May of 2022, the two races on off tracks were just god awful. Now, one was in the Peter Pan, so probably didn't shouldn't have been in that race, yeah. but was actually favored in that race and lost by 20. Yeah. Crazy. So, yeah. So hey, remember this the, horse? That was yeah, my top choice. That that I love We the People. That was I think the, he's retired. No, you did. You anyway. like well, and that was the got, got the play going into the Belmont right after that. Yes. Off yeah. of this race, yeah. But this one, I, I just felt like maybe he was on the improve, and then that last race just wasn't indicative because maybe he just hates the off track. And if he does, and he's talented enough, I had the same thought that Paul had with Joey Freshwater was I thought this one could sit right off the five. I think the five is cheap speed, the three pounces, and then High yeah. Oak has a little bit too much to do and doesn't like to win that much sometimes. No. So I really like this horse. I was hoping for a little okay. bit better price, but I really like this horse. By the way, um, Tom Espinosa, guys, has a great idea for our Monday show, Horse and Around. Oh, he doesn't. You want to see it? No, he doesn't. Karaoke. <laughs> I love it. Why not? Don't Paul, do that, Tom. Paul, Paul, Tom, Tom, Paul Tom, don't do that. Don't, Paul, yeah. you'll be don't smashing the speakers, huh? Okay. Don't tempt me, Tom. You know I'll do it. <laughs> you know I'll do it, Tom. Well, Paul, you're the first uh, co-host, so you might have to get your singing voice ready for Monday. We'll, yeah. we'll have to see about that. I can, I'll can. i tell you what I can do. Oh, Canada, every word for our Canadian viewers. <laughs> there you go. I'm sure Horsey Dave and many others would appreciate that. Uh, yep. Guys, I am not going very creative here, and I'm not very proud of this pick, to be honest. But I think there is enough pace to set it up for High Oak. I would never bet this horse on the win end ever. At that price, this would use more of an A kind of horizontal play. But I mean, look, look who he's faced. I mean, my goodness. I mean, the mm. the, the horses he's faced in this race or <laughs> recently are just completely ridiculous. Let me just show everyone. Dur Durante uh, is actually a nice horse. Some horse named Cody's Wish is in there. <laughs> Gunite, uh, Scotchatore, who ran big that elite day. Power. I mean, elite power. I mean, white a bar. I mean, come on. I mean, creative gold. Uh, I, I don't know if High Oak is going to win on Saturday. None of us does until Saturday occurs. But, guys, if High Oak gets any kind of decent trip, I think Katie will have his horse sit off a few lengths and just should go by in the stretch. The interesting thing, guys, is High Oak has not been involved in fast-paced races, and this might be fast. And I guess there's an argument whether that – you'd think that would work well, but sometimes maybe not because sometimes – he might get run off his feet and could be too far back. I don't know. He just seems obvious. It's not my most creative pick. I, I don't. I think he is beatable. I'm using, um, looking at my ABCs here, I'm actually using two or three horses as Bs, including both of your horses, because I'm not fully convinced. But High Oak is a lone A for me. Final thoughts, guys, on this race? I think you sort of have to do that if you like the seven. You can't really do the three and the seven or two of the others in a lone a you kind of go lone a and then if you like a long shot yeah. you, you sprinkle it in and also for people that uh, play abc and we're always looking to give advice on horizontals do not use high oak as a b it is always a very bad investment bad idea bad for your roi blah 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 to use a short price horse as a b as in boy like sort of a eh, i'm not sure either you love the horse put him he or she as an a 
or you're trying to beat the horse and use as an extreme backup or not at all. A low price B is a very, very bad idea from a money management perspective. I just wanted to throw that out there to everyone who plays horizontals. And very selfishly, I'm going to give myself a pat on the back. I'm a bit on a heater right now, guys. I've not been throwing stuff out on on X, but if you talk to some of the B&B guys, they know. So uh, I'm hopefully to continue that trend going into 2024 20, uh, on Saturday. Let's go to race eight, guys. Race eight, there's our picks on the bottom of the screen. We're all using four, five, and six in different order. Interesting. We're all going different orders, but Pete and Paul are both going with the five on top in race eight. Here it comes. It's the ladies' stakes. Guess what? It's for the girls. A mile and eighth, $150,000 for the older girls. Again, four-year-olds and up. Some of these horses just turned four. And by the way, full screen for everyone. Happy birthday to all of our four-legged friends out there. Because they all had a birthday on (laughs) on July, on January 1st. So happy birthday to them. But anyway, there it is. Moyline favorite is the number six. Saddle up Jesse for Brittany Russell and Sheldon Russell, two to one. We love the Russell so much, none of us have the favorite on top. So let's go to you, Pete. You agree with Paul. You're going to go with comparative. Interesting horse for Cox and Franco that I have in second, a newly turned four-year-old. What do you like about comparative, Pete? Yeah, and, and by the way, I, I my my wife will be mad. My wife's name is Jesse, so I didn't put the six wow. on top. But my my right. my pop will be playing in her honor. My father, he always okay. plays the Jesse horses. So I just wanted to mention that since she will probably win since I don't have her on top. But with comparative, yeah, I think comparative was just rounding another one who was just sort of rounding into form in in. In February and April, you see those two nice wins after after she breaks the maiden. She had sort of a, a tough start to her career, but then she she breaks the maiden, then goes into the optional claimer, runs really nicely. Then they say, what the hell? Let's try the black-eyed Susan. Didn't have the easiest of drift. It was obviously a, a tougher field, and then was just off for a while. And I like that she came back. Again, I don't know if it was the greatest field in the world, but she came back, really nice win, had a lifetime buyer top. It was at it, it was at Aqueduct, which you got to like to see too. So I like to see when the horse runs well at the track we're at. Had a really nice work, had a pretty nice work last out, you know, first out of 101 and two, first out of 30 on the day. I think this one just might be talented and it just took a little longer to get the, to get going a little bit. And now I think if this one can take a little bit of a step forward, I think maybe she's just a pretty talented horse. I mean, it's Godolphin and Cox. You pick up, pick up Manny, who I, again, who I think will, try and keep this horse close and I think can sit just off the speed. And there is some speed in this race, I think should work out a beautiful trip. And I think she's primed in this race. And again, I don't think the favorite is so strong. I think this one has a little bit more upside. Your thought Pete on the pace projector on the right side of the screen that they have the one just barely on the lead and the four and the, and your five and Paul's five really just sitting right off or potentially could have the lead. It really would not be out of the question if they want to be aggressive with this Philly. Yeah. You like the fact that when you're outside the potential speed that you can make that decision. So Manny can sort of make the decision, see what the one and four do. And then if he if they go a little too fast, he can lay off. And this horse has shown that she can pass horses. So can definitely lay off. And as I mean, all three of her wins have been sitting just off and that would be a perfect trip in this field. 
This is a Godolphin homebred, Paul. And Godolphin, we're going to hear that name at the Eclipse Awards, I'm sure, at the end of uh, January, because what a 2023 they had. And Pete might be right here. I think this horse is, is on the come and is improving. And, uh, you know, they, they rested her for a while. And she, if last race was any indication, she might be a completely different horse. And, you know, maybe a nice stake horse in 2024. We'll see. I think Saturday is a big race for this one for this horse to see what happens going forward, in my opinion, at least. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the PPs, and I'm hoping I wasn't playing on November 25th because how the hell was this horse six and a half to one? I mean, you just draw a line through the black eye. They took a swing for the fences. That's all that yeah. was, coming off two real good wins. But, you know, you draw a line through that, and the horse has won three in a row, and she's six to one in an optional claim of 62. Oh, boy. I, I hope I was like in the Afghanistan that day or something and not playing. <laughs> well, um, we don't want you there. Yeah, I, I, you could have picked about a thousand I, other I, places um, over there. <laughs> I, I, you know, we talked about Brit, uh, Brittany, yeah, Brittany Russell earlier, and, and this horse looks really formidable. You know, I'm not so sure I want her as the favorite, though. Um, if the odds are what they are, I, I certainly like comparative comparatively speaking uh i like comparative at seven to two a lot more than saddle up jesse at two to one and pete it's okay if you're going to get beat by a horse named uh, uh after your wife you want it to be two to one not 20 to one Who cares? that's very true very true i, I agree with that well, a lot of canadian uh, a big fan of lao beton huh, Paul? Is that right? oh the best and, and then okay. uh, roger doucette if we're gonna then we should start the monday show with roger doucette singing oh canada howard okay we might well do that. We, we, there might be some issues with copyright laws there but oh, he's dead I'll he's not you. complaining By i think way, uh, uh, uh jim plus no, put in the chat that he loves billy joel and guess who also loves billy joel Oh, so gosh, I don't know. Oh, Monday, Monday could be Paul. awfully interesting, Paul. You might have to get your uh, earmuffs ready to go. For, Paul, I think for Paul, you're looking you're show. looking a little sick from the snow, Paul. You're, you look like you're gonna <laughs> have to skip that one. <laughs> hey, Pete, it looks like I'm gonna be watching the NCAA pregame show. Yeah, you're gonna be watching that early. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to bring that up. We need, we want to have five thousand people watching our show. Come on. Paul. If you you and Jim sing, we ain't gonna have. Oh, I don't know about All Jim. Right, well, I don't want to. I don't want to speak for Jim. Yeah, Jim might be a hell of a singer. I don't know. We'll, we'll keep could it be. Off there. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think comparative is is the right uh, is the right horse here. I mean, as I say, I think the six could be real good, but okay. um, yeah. I did not watch uh, the you replays picked, of Saddle Up. You Jesse. picked the I four, honest, Howard. Guys. Tell us I'm about sorry. the four, Howard. Tell us about. I, the four. I will in a moment. Um, I don't know about Saddle Up, Jesse. I didn't watch the replays. I have to be honest to our viewers and listeners. But on paper, it looks like she just sat perfect trips and just went by horses that are just meh. So I, I don't know. I think this is a good spot for Saddle Up Jesse. I just think she's a bit vulnerable at as the favorite here. Uh, the number four, my top choice. She's Mo Bubbly. It's a bit of a guess. I, I will admit that. Um, and th therefore, I wouldn't take a low price on this horse. I, this is not a turf horse, is she? I mean, I know she's run on turf before. She's done both. It just seems like she's better on dirt. And if you go back to Saratoga, guys, you know, Todd tried to get her on turf twice. And he she ran very well in those races. Now, again, those races were main special weights against horses that probably wanted turf, unless there were a lot of AEs. I'd have to go back and look at the horses in particular. But it's the last race that I like a lot, guys. I mean, what's wrong with the last race? I realized the pace was a little bit slow. 
She got a 109 time form, which which I, I'm pretty sure is highest in the field. She's got tactical speed. It's Pletcher and Carmouche. This horse costs 825000 for the lows, guys. So this horse was very well meant all along. Um, five to two is a little bit low for me, but I don't know. I think it's a very likable horse. Any quick thoughts and we'll move on about the four? Yeah, I really like this one. Yeah, too. I had it was a B. Okay. I had it was a B. Yeah, I had it was a B, but to your point, um, you know, five to two Bs is not, you know, probably not where you want to be. But uh I I thought the horse is right in the in the mix. Sure. Pete, you want to throw a file file thought in there? No, I, I just think you know, you get a horse who who debuted at debuted at four and improved and they still and you know they're bouncing between the turf they're bouncing between distances they're bouncing between turf and dirt yeah and maybe this horse is just going to get a little bit better so yeah i I had the horse in second but i I think this one could be one that is maybe just finding her footing and hey let's say let's leave her leave her on the dirt she seems to be pretty strong on the dirt let's leave her on it and see where we can where we can get her to again it's one of those small fields but you don't want to go four deep in a six horse field i mean you just yeah, sure, you get through the race. Who cares about that? You're spending X amount of money to get paid X amount of money, right? So, I mean, you know, I realize that the, the ROI police and everyone are out there and say, how are you shouldn't worry about that? But it's money, the, this whole game, ladies and gentlemen, is about money management. I mean, yes, you want to find winners, obviously. But, I mean, there's no reason to spend $240 on a pick five you think might only pay 400 I mean, it just makes no sense whatsoever. So yep. you got to pick and choose. In fact, guys, I might this might be one of the pick fives where I'm going to press up, where I'm just going to go for my opinions and try to hit it more than once because I feel like that's the main way to get paid. Now, the last race. Oof. This is a this is this is a big field, and to me, this is the spread. And of all the races where you might see a double-digit price, it might be here, but we'll see. I don't know. And there's one thing about the last race, guys, that I think is extremely important to bring up, and I'll bring it up right away from the start. But let's look at the field here for the last race before I bring up our picks. The last race on Saturday at Aqueduct is a 12-5 straight claimer it's for four-year-olds and up. They're going six furlongs. It's a field of eight with the morning line favorite, the number four, Airport. Love the name. Airport for Rudy, who also has Mr. Phil in here. Actually, Mr. Phil is the favorite. Sorry, guys. Mr. Phil is the favorite at two to one. The second choice is also Rudy Airport. Now, before I bring up our picks, guys, here's the question. I, I have no inside intel. I would be shocked if both these horses run. Because they both are speed horses, and they're both Rudy. Any quick thoughts? Did you guys think about that when you were looking at the PPs? Any thoughts on that? I believe the ownership is different, though. I didn't, but Rudy's not afraid to run him, Howard. You know, I think okay. that's a fair point, but I, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I, I might be mildly surprised. Okay. Well, Rudy's not afraid is, to run this. Sorry, Paul. I stepped on you. Totally. No, no, go ahead. No, no, I, that was it. Well, the next question is they're both major speed. So they're not going to battle. Right. I mean, I, I have a hard time believing they're going to battle and they both look very quick early. So let me bring up, go back to, again, here's the field and let me bring up our top choices. <clears throat> I'm going to go with the two Rudies, but I'm going to explain why I'm doing that. Um, the seven, I don't have anywhere at all. And Pete and Paul, look at that, guys. You're both going seven, one, six. Wow. Now we're thinking, <laughs> In Paul. this race. Now we're thinking. Which That's is really quite a, quite a thing. That you're both going the same three in this some sort of difficult eight horse field. So obviously we need to talk to 
you guys first, which we usually do anyway. Paul, I'm going to go to you first. You're going to go with striking speed for Potts and Dylan Davis, 9-2 to morning line. What do you like about striking speed to end the card on Saturday? Oh, well, I, I, I don't like the race. I can tell you that much. So let me, <laughs> let me start with that. Uh, yeah, Tom Espinosa, I agree. Um, Potts is good off a win. He's 17% off wins the last five years. Uh, you know, this horse won last time. This is They're, they're moving him up, but just, mi- just mildly. Uh, Dylan uh, finished the year uh, uh, pretty well. This horse was – that's his best speed figure in, in quite a while. Last time out, you know, do I want to have a two-to-one shot in this race? No. Uh, the owners, Nikki Primpus is from Lynn, where I live, and Frank Catapanos from Marblehead, two towns over. Uh, I saw Nikki Primpus at uh, Gulfstream last year. That That's relevant to nothing, but I figured I'd bring it up. Um, so, yeah, I, I, Pete, I, we could pick this race a million times and not have the same exact three. That's unbelievable. No, that's we got to play that. We got to play that try many times just in case. Yeah, it's on. Pete, this was a, Pete, this before was a you talk race. about the seven, here's the pace projector, Pete, which says it favors front runners with the two Rudy's one two. Um, I don't, that's that's interesting. Also, I'll go full screen. It's got striking speed and a very good spot there on the outside stalking. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And that, I think that's where I think Paul and I are are probably on the same page with that. Where I thought if the two Rudy's stay in. And again, you're right. They probably won't hook up, but you know, they could just be up front enough to where it, the pace is a little bit decent. And this, I think striking speed can sit close enough and you see two backs sat off a pretty, you know, a pretty hot pace. And even in the last one, it was a slower pace, but sat up close. I think this horse can sit right behind sort of where the pace projector has him. And I, I think he's just, he could just get the best trip. And if he does and the two speed horses falter or they do go maybe a little faster than they intended, then I think this one would be in a perfect position. And I also do like since Potts picked this horse up again, there's been steady improvement back. Like the horse wasn't doing so great under Baker. And then now is sort of maybe working his way back. Doesn't like to win. He's five for 42 lifetime. So doesn't hit the winner circle all that often, but Again, it's not like this is the Breeders' Cup Classic here. So, <laughs> everyone in the chat's got the everyone's got the seven except me. Uh, I don't, you know, in the chat, you both have the seven. Maybe I'm. Uh, we'll see. I could be very wrong. Um, okay, here's my thought on the seven. Wayne Potts sometimes. How do I put this judiciously? Let's see. Wayne Potts wins sometimes um, at a higher rate than you would expect. Um, this just doesn't. These claimers. I've said it before. And I, I fall on my sword. I'm wrong all the time, guys, but I am right in certain situations. These horses just don't win back-to-back races. And, and, and that is the angle I'm going with. And you can call it stinking thinking. You can call it anything you want. Uh, the horse makes a lot of sense. I totally get it. I just, I think it's a tougher field. And I just don't know if this horse can come back as a seven-year-old much quicker, by the way, fair to mention, much quicker than he did the last time where he had a month off, although he came back eight days later from Delaware and almost won. So I don't know. But anyway, these horses just don't win back-to-back races. And that's, I'm going sort of very mathy with my thinking in this situation. If the four and six are both in guys, to me, 
one's going to win. And I know they're the favorites. And again, you guys know I love to be creative and go with long shots sometimes and when they make sense. But a lot of the bigger prices in these races just don't make sense to me. And I'm not going to start throwing out, you know, cute horses or 10 to ones to the public when I don't think they're going to win. Airport, guys, is fast early. I mean fast. <clears throat> and I know last time just gave it up horribly, but it was off a long layoff. The horse was on the inside and got pressed to a 22 and 45. I mean, he's faced much tougher horses. I'm going to assume that this one's faster than Dr. Phil, who used to be, or Mr. Phil, sorry, who used to be a very fast horse also. This just looks like a pure wire job, guys. And and I, I, I guess it's an all or nothing, but based on who's inside of this horse, there's not a lot of early speed. I just see the four breaking, going to lead and wiring the field. And if not him, I think Mr. Phil, who has a ton of back class, could just sit off and go by with blinkers on. So I'm not being very creative. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the one here also, guys. I just think it's one of the Rudies, unless someone goes crazy up front and tries to beat them. Mitres uh, Porciento. Pete, why don't you talk about this one? This is a, a coupling with the 1A, and I'm really upset about that. And actually, I need to make a change because I should be going 4-6-1A, guys. So I need to switch the banners, Pete. As I switch the banners, and I'll explain why I have the – the 1A is in the 8-hole. was one of those situations that I didn't – Yeah. Anyway, talk about uh, – which one do you like, by the way, the 1 or the 1A? Sorry, both you guys. I, I like the 1. I don't know. What do you – who do you okay. like, Paul? I like the – yes, I like the the straight one. Yes. All right, we'll talk about the, the straight one, guys. Go ahead, Paul. You want to tackle that one first? Yes, I didn't realize. I'm trying to – my PPs didn't have the numbers, so now the entry has thrown me off. So, um, yeah, I, I thought the horse uh, I thought the horse ran uh, pretty well last time, albeit at Parks, Finger Lakes and Parks. But, you know, it's been around. It's been to Keeneland. It's run here at Aqueduct. Um, I believe uh, best Korean uh, best number in a while last time. Now it was in the mud. So that's a question. Trevor McCarthy really hit his stride the last few weeks of uh, 23. Uh, Jeff Engelhart spots horses uh, pretty well. I think the horse could see a, see a decent trip from in here. Um, last go around in New York for this horse as he's nine because you cannot run at double digits in New York. So uh, they, they're going to try to get one more a year out of him. And, uh, you know, you got to love – uh, a nine-year-old gelding that uh, has earned uh, three hundred and sixty-three thousand dollars. It's a lot yep. of money. There's a question on it's which Davis is on the seven. Um, that's that's Dylan Davis. That J is for jockey. That's from Mike Carmoli. That J there is the jockey, Dylan Davis. A little confusing. I can see why he was asking that question. Uh, isn't the one going, Pete? Because my sort of cute opinion here is the 1A, and it was cute until I realized they were coupled. But the 1A is a closer, first deputy, and the 1 is the speed. So you think the 1 is going to go. My problem with the flat 1, Pete, is this horse, at least on paper, is not nearly as fast as the 4 or 6. So if this horse doesn't get the lead, I didn't really see a way that the flat 1 could win. But I, I suppose, who knows? Well, uh, th this horse has won multiple races 
coming from just off it. So that was what I was looking at was that if the four and the six, and okay. I, now that, now that we're sort of talking through the horses, I think I even like, I, I kind of like the four more than the six as we're, as we're looking at them. Yeah, so I, I know I picked seven, one, six. I sort of think I would maybe lean more seven, four, one now in all honesty. I don't know if you want to switch up the manner. Yeah. I think that's what, yeah, no, I think I would more go seven, four, one, kind of what okay. you were talking about. I think the four is the best speed. So if the four just goes and doesn't get yeah. caught, but I do think the one can just sit the rail. And again, nine-year-old, you never know what's going to happen, but was yeah. sort of running pretty well late into his eight-year-old season. So it's not like he's lost his, you know, fastball, whatever that may be. It's topping out at maybe <laughs> 75 miles an hour at this point. But yeah. still, it's again, I think there's some wins here. And there were some wins in the last 10 races or so. And, and the horse is five for 10 at Aqueduct likes the distance, but I do think could just get the, the good trip sitting on the rail. Guys, if this, if, if, if first deputy was not coupled, I'd really like this horse, especially underneath. But now that it's coupled, I'm really not going to talk much about this horse. I just think this has some, the first deputy has got some dirtied up form and I think there's speed in the race. I think it's one of the better closers in the field. So, but again, it, it, I'm not going to drub on guys because it would have been a nice good. underneath if it was double. Digits. Yeah. This would have been it a was, real big yeah, first yeah. Knee, like 10 to one. I agree. Knee, but, yeah, that's why I hate couplings, but that's a whole other story for another day. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to drudge on. Striking speed is going to probably make or break the sequence for me, guys. The seven. Um, either you guys are going to be exactly right, and I'm just going to be foolish, uh, or I'll be right, and you know we'll be you know fading this horse to some extent. I is just... he off your grid completely? The seven? No, no, I've your... got the seven right now as a B as in boy. I might downgrade to a C, but you know you're not always alive to the Bs. So right, the seven yeah. might. Stuff me into a locker. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, let's talk. Let's look at our pick five tickets, guys, and then we'll call it an evening for our first picks and ponies show of 2024. Paul, we're going to go to you first, sir. Here it is on the bottom of the screen. Paul's pick five, one, four, five with one, two, three, seven with six, seven with four, five, six with one, six, seven. Now, Paul, I know you're really good at math, and I know I understand that Santa Claus came last week but pete this is getting a little i don't know i might have to give him a detention this is getting a little crazy because everyone i want these guys to stick to it you know under 100 because i know a lot of people don't play tickets even this size but you know what it's the first one of the new year so happy new year paul but don't give me a 108 uh, nephew don't give me a 108 well, next week but the way these sequences go 100 is not a good number because you can never get to 100 unless you go like you know 5 by 4 by 4 by 2 by 1 by 1 you can't go 5 deep um, in a race you know it's funny paul every one of my tickets that i was kept breaking down was 108 every single one i had kept yeah. being 108 and then i cut one and then added one yeah. and got to 96 so i yeah. sometimes i don't like the ticket and i know what you're doing is you're like if I cut this one, I just don't like the ticket as much, and it's going to well, go. I just said, Pete, yeah. Pete. I I just said I'm not screw Uncle Howard. I'm not cutting. Well, it. that's what I was trying I'm to be a little bit that more. Kind of time. I, I was trying that's to be a little I more. I was trying to be a little bit more diplomatic than that. But yeah, you know, we, we don't give a squat. Yeah, that's anyone who wants to go with the ticket, uh, I'll send them the eight dollars. <laughs> Paul, let me ask you a question. I know we're digressing, but we got a few minutes here. I'm a teacher, right? When you were a student back in the day and the teacher gave you an assignment, did you say, yeah. F that teacher, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want? Is no, no. I, in high school, when it was very structured, I was very, very good. I, I was not were. good in 
I was not good in college when I was left to my own devices and went to class. The classes were so uh, infrequent, and I had uh, four dog tracks within an hour drive. Uh, and yes, there was a week that I did go to all four: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But I wow. digress. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> All right, Paul, before we get people clicking off screen, let's talk about your, your construction here. Yeah, well, I think, Pete, uh, I believe you mentioned when we were at the sixth race that you thought it was the toughest race in the sequence. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not a caveman guy, but, you know, I got four out of the seven in that race. So I guess I guess I agree with you, Pete. And Me too. I don't have uh, – we should have mentioned, Howard, in that race, uh, the four, Shizando, is owned by Steve Vick. DT Stables uh, horse is over twenty two, but has earned one hundred and forty four thousand dollars. I saw that. That's so not bad. Uh, that is not bad. Uh, yeah, so I thought that was the spread race, and I I did go too deep in the High Oak race. Uh, I, you know, not that efficient, but I I don't want a single High Oak, um, and I don't want to get beat by him either. So again, I won't be playing the caveman. Uh, although that last race in the sequence, you can make an argument for a caveman ticket and just lean on your opinions, lean on your strong opinions elsewhere, and then spread in that race and punch the ticket a few times. Because I'm going to have a very hard time delineating A's, B's, and C's in, in that closer, Howard. Okay. Yeah, I, I I understand what you're saying. By the way, Mike Camoli wants to know what school you were referring to. Maybe he's from your uh, – well, uh, high school, it was Matignon High School in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And uh, college, it was the College of the Holy Cross in Worcester, Massachusetts. Okay, there you go, Mike. Uh, Catholic Pete. school grade 1 through 16. And I'm wearing Catholic boy, so there you go. Pete, that explains a lot. That's all I'm, <laughs> I'm just hey, kidding. Paul. I just went kidding. K through 12 Catholic schools. So, I yeah, we get the same, yeah. Maybe we need a separate show about religion or something. You could, uh, you know, <laughs> you don't want to do that. You might lose a lot of viewers. And I'll talk yeah, about we might lose some viewers then. Yeah. No, that we, we don't want to mix horse <laughs> racing and, and uh, religion uh, and, or politics, any of that nonsense. Let's go to your uh, pick five, Pete. One six with one three five seven with three seven with four five six with one four six seven ninety six bucks. Yeah, I felt like I could have gone. You could have gone deeper in any of the races, uh, aside from odds. I mean, you're not considering whether it was a good value or not. I think just based on who could win the race, I went shorter in the first leg because I just thought ah, I didn't. There was too many horses. I didn't want to play too many in that one. The second leg, I, I agree, Paul. I thought that was the toughest, and I, I kind of have a couple decent prices there. Nothing. I mean, they're all small fields. So you're not getting great prices. I went against Hayo because I like set sail in that third leg to actually win the race. But again, I do think Hayo by far is the class. So it's not like I'm tossing a favorite that I don't like. I just think I like set sail a little bit better in the eighth. I'm sort of chalking it up a bit and going three deep, which again, maybe isn't the smartest decision, but I sort of like, I sort of like the four and the five. If I had to cut, I would cut the six, but I had to put Jesse in again for the wife. I don't want to lose a pick five on the show and have my wife say, I can't believe you cut Jesse and you you didn't have the winning ticket on the show. I couldn't or do lose that. Or wife for that matter. That would be a little worse than uh, the ticket. I, I don't think she's going anywhere at this point. I think she she's, I've done a lot worse things than that. So I, if she's stuck around through them, I don't think this is going to be the way to put it over the top. So. And then in the, 
in the last leg, I think I'm sort of with Paul where I, again, it was, it's chalky. And again, it's not the most efficient, but I thought the last race was wild. So I'm like, I, now I have five horses with the entry. So I figure why the hell not? So I'm sure one of two, three, five, or eight will be a lock because I don't have them. <laughs> yeah. It's a tough race. It's yeah. a tough race. Paul got another, Paul's getting a lot of questions and love tonight from Jeff Amster. Do you, do you understand what this question means, uh, Paul? Yes. So it would tell Jeff, Jeffrey, it was, uh, I had Plainfield in Connecticut Wonderland, Raynham in um, Massachusetts, and Lincoln in Rhode Island. Those are the four. Okay. Horsey Dave also makes a very astute comment. Goodness, the <laughs> Catholics train these guys to be gamblers. Sure, why not? There's nothing. There's nothing in the in the in the in the Bible that says you can't gamble, is there? Probably, there, maybe there is. I don't know. I hope not. Hey, look at I. I go to church every Sunday. I'm in Saratoga. Okay. Right. Then again, the Bible says a lot of things that don't apply to it, anything it, it, remotely close to twenty twenty four. But don't get me started. I don't mean to not being disrespectful. Just point of fact. Uh, anyway, all right, let's go. Wow, but this has been an interesting first show. Of yeah. Well, that's because you, that's because you only read one of the testaments, but that's another story for me. Yeah. Day. Well, anyway, <laughs> I don't, I don't really read either testaments to be very honest, but you know, to me, it's, you know, to, to me, it's all about, you know, the golden rule. That's pretty much how I, why I live by. Right. I think that's all you, all you need. Just treat people how you like to be treated. I think it's pretty much that simple. Right. And that's why you don't mind when someone spends an extra $8 on their pick five. You do the right thing and treat them well. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's go. Good, good call on that one. Here's my pick five. And you know what, guys? I might completely veer off of this when I think about it. And by the way, the eight's a mistake because the eight was the 1A. So I got to change this real quick, guys. Hold on a second. I don't have the eight. The eight's like some complete. Watch the eight win like 31, guys, in the last race. I don't have it. Anyway, yeah, that's not even $72. What, how much is that? Oh, I'm screwing this up. I don't even know how much that is. What do we got? 3, 6, 12, 24, 120, 60. I know you guys are like, I don't see the ticket. How the hell do I know? All right, it's $60. I'm making a job. I'm going old cheapo tonight. That's We'll go cheap. 1, 4, 5 with 1, 5 with 3, 7 with 4, 5 with 1, 4, 5, 6, 7, $60. And I just want to put this out there because, of course, we are live on YouTube and thousands upon thousands of people are going to watch this video and <laughs> listen to us on don't chuckle, Pete. We got a huge audience. Uh, I was I was thinking more millions, but okay. If you want to, okay. you want to um, a little bit. I'm yeah. a, I might I might go like spread, 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 spread four, and single the four in the end. I don't I don't know. I'm thinking out loud as I'm speaking. I might just single the four and go for it because I love airports so much that I might just <sighs> single the four in the end. Um, guys, this is a tricky sequence. Even though it's smaller fields, you see, I'm mainly going too deep. I'm not going to rehash. I do have set sale there, Pete, as you could see, along with High Oak. And by the way, High Oak's ownership, Paul, that's the same ownership as Casa Creed, correct? Yeah, Lee Einsleidler and Mike Francesa. That's Casa Creed, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, correct. Yep, favorites, again. Just one of Pete's favorite again. That was, Creed, that was yes. a homage to you, Pete. Just want to throw that out there. Thank you. Anyway, the yeah, last I voted, reason... I voted uh, Casa Creed third for male turf horse, by the way. Really? Okay. Just as a... He had a, he had a solid year. Um, there's a solid year every year. <laughs> he does. I think you have to either spread or take a stand in the last race. I'm choosing to spread right now on air. I might on my own Saturday, depending on scratches and track condition, whatever, 
if, if speed's playing well, I might just single airport and just go for it and try to get a price somewhere else. So, guys, this is a very interesting sequence as we wrap up what's been, as usual, a very fun show. Our very first show under the banner of Picks and Ponies. But, of course, we've been around for quite a while. Final thoughts, Pete Visco, on the first card. Uh, there is some nice three-year-olds that won last week catching freedom and Otello who's a horse I actually saw down at Payson, which is another fantastic facility. Another story for another day. I saw our boy Sierra Leone down there, as you guys know as well. Anyway, any final thoughts, Pete? Hopefully you didn't put your stink on Sierra Leone like you. I did not. not I gave him a big hug and he told me he was going to win the Derby and make us happy. I mean, we know that. And Mike Austin, Michael Austin in the, in the chat, I saw that he had Sierra Leone in the, in the racing dudes, Kentucky Derby draft. So he's going to be riding along with us. But yeah, I think it's, it's, you know, it's the new year turns and that will, we start thinking Derby and it's never too early to start thinking about the the Derby race. It's fun. It's actually, you you mentioned that I started fooling around with a little bit of Derby rankings, a little bit of the first crack at a little bit of top 10 or something just to, just to get it going. It's a little tougher at this point because you have some horses that have only run once or maybe twice, but it's a good time. Let's start 2020. Hopefully we could start 2024 right with this sequence and keep it going for the rest of the year. Let's start casting some tickets. Absolutely. And Paul, you and I and Jim Pilars, we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to talk Triple Crown Monday, but we are going to talk about three-year-olds a little bit. I don't know how you feel, Pete and Paul, but I remember last year thinking we haven't seen like a wild performance yet. It just didn't seem like three-year-olds were great early. This three-year-old crop, Looks like it could be really good because last week we saw good performances. I mean, Fiercest ran off the screen in the Breeders' Cup. There are a bunch of other good two-year-old performances last year. Paul, I got a feeling this is going to be a very good three-year-old crop. It's just a gut feel. But final thoughts for you. Yeah, uh, we'll talk Monday, but I, I didn't see it live. But on the replay, I thought Catching Freedom ran very, very well in that race. Uh, yeah, like to, to take note of concern for – yeah, you know, it has might have a chance to run second in the Derby. He ran so well. Yeah, I mean, we know he's going to win the Derby. You know, it's no sense in carrying out the drama. But although I don't know, you know see, Pete, he goes, he goes to Florida on his own, Pete, and he breaks the rule. I told him he was supposed to stay away from the horse, and he couldn't wait to get up there and and uh, wait. schmooze doesn't, with the horse. So. Doesn't listen, Paul. Just doesn't listen. Trying to jinx. If I get on in January, I might tell tell the horse, hey, see that guy that guy who was here earlier, forget him. He's, he's, he's bad luck. <laughs> you need to do a little little hypnotism to, to yes. forget, forget that and forget that I don't day. Know. He, yeah. seemed, he seemed very happy to see me, guys. I think I think I saw All him right, smile. Good. I don't know. All right, good. Yeah, so no, it's, it is good. Yeah. I will say one thing, Paul, since we're talking about the horse, we'll just end in this convo. He is totally opposite than Tappet Trice in a lot of ways. They're both talented, yeah. but he's a little – I showed you the work, his last workout. Yeah, he's athletic. Ago. Yeah. He's not like a, a big horse, but he looks really athletic. He's got a turn of foot. I'd rather have that kind of disposition than Tappet Trice, who I'm proud of the pick, but he just was lumbering, yeah. just could never get over that. That's not an issue at all with Sierra Leone at least as of now. No, I mean, you know, the only – the issue of them not being that big, you know, the 20-horse field becomes an issue because, as you as you know from seeing it up close now last year, and you know, it is uh, bumper cars uh, sometimes down to the first turn. But the, the being athletic part does come in handy because you often that race have to make your own trip, right? right. And that he – 
that would be the type of horse who could do it. So, sure. and I love the fact that the first week of January we're talking about the first Saturday in May. Isn't it great? That's uh, I love it. He's not small, by the way. He's just medium. He's medium built. Uh, guys, fun show. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to a big 2024. Once again, our general schedule now going forward. Mondays, horsing around, which is going to be a recap show, a lot of fan interaction, and fans actually on screen along with special guests. And it's going to be a bit of a shorter show, by the way. It's going to be about 45 minutes max on Mondays. This Monday, again, the, what is it, January, I believe, 9th? Is that the date, guys? Uh, No, the 8th, I think. January 8th is going to be 7 p.m. Eastern. After that, it's going to be 8 p.m. Eastern. Of course, we have Ben Booz on Wednesdays. And Picks and Ponies, this show on Thursdays. For my co-host, Pete Visco and Paul Haller, and everyone out east, by the way, stay safe in case the weather does get a little bit crazy on Sunday and whatnot. I have been your host, Howard Kravitz, episode 322 of Picks and Ponies. Crush your bets in New York this Saturday. Take care, everyone. Have a great night. Bye-bye. racing podcast you're missing out it's one of the best podcasts in the country